0: The views expressed in the opinions given by the individual host, guest, random reptoid, or chupacabra may not necessarily reflect those of AM950 Radio, its affiliates, or its sponsors. Now, it's time to step into the unknown. There are things people experience but never talk about. A shadow moving in the corner, flickering of the lights, a disembodied voice. We invite you to talk with us, share your story, share your experience, because this isn't just your story. This is our story. This is Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken.
1: And this is Ghost Box Radio on AM 950, where every night we talk about the paranormal, UFOlogy, Bigfoot, and so much more. My name is Greg Bakken. Thank you very much for joining me on this Monday evening uh we are a week away from christmas uh wow that just comes up really fast i hope everybody has been having a good holiday season it's very easy for me i'm not gonna lie i don't go out shopping i don't leave the house i don't go to target not that i don't this not that i don't like target but you know at this time of year i know not to quite frankly uh and i you know so when everyone's upset about hearing Mariah Carey all the time, I, I have to admit, I don't. I don't go into the place and I don't hear it. So, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. But honestly, um, it's uh I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's it's you know, it I I love this time of year. I love all the of the snow. Wait, there is no snow. Never mind. I, I love the fact there is no snow. Um, I know that I, there, a lot of you love your white Christmases and stuff, and I do truly sympathize with you, or is that empathize? But uh, either way, uh, you know, we still are going to have a great time, and I hope everybody is going to have a great Christmas. I'm t- I'm saying all this now because I won't be with you all on Christmas. Not that you'd listen to me on Christmas. Not that you should listen to me on Christmas. But if you did, that wouldn't be so bad either. This last weekend, I'm, I think I might have mentioned prior to Friday, Uh, that I was going to take part at the seance over at Midwest Witchery and Healing. That was a lot of fun. That was really good. Uh, We had uh, Jay Ryan, who is this outstanding psychic medium. He had a bunch of messages already for us when we got there, which was really interesting. He brought up something from my past that I I was not overly thrilled about, but I mean, it it was there. Uh, I went with uh, Mandy, and Mandy was uh, getting some great messages, and Carla was there and some really interesting connections happening between uh Carla and uh somebody else that was there that they they knew each other without knowing each other if that made any kind of sense that's what this stuff is for i highly recommend if you are able to check out a gallery or a séance like that definitely go and check it out. It's it's incredible. It's 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 really eye opening, and it could be very helpful as well. Honestly, speaking of helping, uh, I find this very interesting. And we've had on Moon Girl before talking about dream interpretations and whatnot. Uh, but uh, we're taking a slightly different uh, look at it tonight, and I'm really excited uh, to have this conversation uh, with uh, Meg Bartlett, who is an oracle and dream interpreter that specializes in nightmare analysis and guidance to the Twin Cities. Through 10 years of personal chronic nightmare experiences and weekly sleep paralysis episodes rooted in complex PTSD, Meg dug deep and did the work necessary to come out on the other side. She now lives an amazing life she never thought possible, free of nightmares, and has turned around to help people with similar experiences. Meg uses her extensive personal knowledge, intuitive abilities, and empathetic nature to help others connect to their own internal wisdom and leave demons behind. Meg, welcome to Ghost Box Radio.
0: Thank you so much, Greg. I'm glad to be here.
1: Oh, I am so glad that you're here. And thank you once again. Uh, Just a little insight into how radio works, folks. Uh, It wasn't until this afternoon that we were able to catch up and commit that you're going to be on tonight. Uh, it's just kind of how yeah. it works. Even though I started putting all over the place that you were going to be on, maybe I'm intuitive.
0: Hey, that's, that's probably it. You're tapping in.
1: <laughs> I'm tapping in. Uh, you know, it's such an interesting conversation. And one of the things that, uh, Meg has agreed to do is, uh, if we don't take calls here because I don't have Adam here with me tonight, but if you want to put into the chat and you go over to Ghostbox radio, with Greg Bakken on Facebook or AM 950 Radio on Facebook, and go and you're listening to us live, put in the chat, there's a dream that you want interpreted. Uh, Meg has graciously agreed to uh, to do a, a, a look at it and talk about it. And that's, that, to me, is really um, pretty outstanding because I think that's putting putting you on the spot. But this is what you do, isn't it?
0: It is. I put myself on the spot all the time. I do a lot of local events here in the Twin Cities and everything I do is, you know, just in the moment. So I can take a look at anything and I'd love to help anyone listening to the show tonight.
1: And you started off with, uh, with your own nightmares, with your own uh, situation. What, based on the bio that I read, it sounds like that it was a lot of self-help on your end to get yourself through it. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I I have a really interesting background. I've been all over the place. I was in the military actually for about five years as well. So uh, my childhood was really traumatic. There were a lot of different things that happened during the uh, you know those years. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I knew I had to leave. So I'm 18 years old and things just are not working out. And I'm like, hey, if I want to continue being a part of this world, I really need to get out of here. I need to remove myself from the environment that I'm in. I need to go find something else. And the military is where I turned. I was a part of the Marine Corps for five years. I deployed to Afghanistan in 2015. And it was a really interesting eye-opening experience, right? To be a part of uh, not only a government organization, but also the military, right? A really regimented uh, mentality. And so exposing myself to that was really interesting. Along that journey, I started, you know, I think I started having those nightmares when I was about 17 or 18, and I was having sleep paralysis at least once a week um, which is really really extreme most people will go their entire lives without having any uh, aspect of sleep paralysis and then there's about 20 to 30 percent of people who will have at least one episode and then it's less than one percent of people who have sleep paralysis continuously um, and if you've never had sleep paralysis before let me just define that for you sleep paralysis is um you know we can go into some of the science and the physical aspect of what the body is doing during that later on mm-hmm. uh, but basically you are you become aware within a dream right as you're about to wake up but you kind of get stuck and you feel like you're conscious but you can't move your body you can't speak you can't do anything some people feel a really dark presence in the room sometimes it's sitting on their chest sometimes it's in a corner um, and it's just a really terrifying experience so I was having all of these sleep paralysis episodes and nightmares and I got to a point where I was like I have to figure out what this is you know like I do do not want to live my life like this anymore it was really disrupting pretty much every aspect of my existence right sleep is so so crucial to the human experience Absolutely. and so i got to a point where i just kept digging i was going to traditional psychological therapy i was um you know i started taking a more spiritual approach near the end of this as well. But I turned and I started looking at my nightmares and by actually interacting with them and, you know, doing a lot of self-study and self-application, I ended up seeing that my nightmares were actually my fears personified of coming into contact with the ideas of what I had experienced in childhood. And so, you know, that's a really difficult process to work yourself through. And it took a lot of effort but I'm on the other end now, and it's been an amazing life. So,
1: so you you, know, you mentioned that the nightmares started when you turned 17. Uh, was it anything that happened during your time uh, at that during that period of time that brought those nightmares back up, or is that just something that you could say that it just generally uh, reawakened? I, that maybe no reason to it
0: yeah, I would say it's actually I became aware of the specifics of the nightmares. I've had nightmares most of my life so even throughout childhood but I really couldn't tell you what those nightmares were. It was when I was about 17 and 18 that I could tell you the exact nightmare that I was having and it was recurring so it was the same one over and over and over again um, and that's as far back as I can remember
1: that one it's it's really interesting it's it's also very interesting when uh, when there are there are signs, and I don't necessarily mean nightmares, but in dreams that there are symbols that uh seem to be kind of uh maybe universal or maybe not as quite as universal but uh, as as uh talked about and uh Linda has something, but before I read what Linda says, I want to kind of you know a forward piggyback if that makes no sense whatsoever, oh yeah <laughs> but uh, uh <laughs> but the the thing is is I had a dream. Uh, where uh, I was in uh, Northeast Minneapolis, and it was uh, it was uh, it was nice out, and I'm walking down the sidewalk, and there is a snake hanging out of the tree, and it just looks at me. It's not very realistic looking, but it looks at me, and it opens its mouth. And as soon as I crossed the other side of the tree, it was winter, and I had looked at that time that snakes often are looking like that. That's a symbol of change, and I'm not sure if that's necessarily the case, but I was just like. You couldn't get more obvious than that if that's truly what that yeah. means. Uh, but may I read? Yeah. May I read to you what Linda wrote?
0: Um, uh, yes. Can I actually share with you how I decide definitions real quick, just for your please, listeners, so please they know do. what to expect please through do. this. Okay, perfect. So when we're looking at, you know, what does a specific piece of symbolism mean? It, anybody can go to dreamdictionary.com, right. And, and look up the multitude of different things mm-hmm. that are going to pop up. A mm-hmm. dream dictionary is a great resource, but only for the initial, you know, like getting the juices flowing. Right. Every single person on the face of the planet has their own unique dream language your dream language is shaped by your unique experiences, the emotions that you feel about those experiences, and your soul signature as an individual as well. And so what is, you know, like the definition of a snake for one person might not be for another. A real quick example I always use to help people process this is I'm a dog owner. I love my dog very much. For me, he represents sort of like a parent-child responsibility and love relationship in my dream space. But if someone had been attacked by a dog as a kid, that's not going to have the same definition. So I want everyone to know yeah. that while I'm, you know, taking a look at some of your dreams and we're talking about these definitions, what is true for one person might not be true for another. And you always need to take your personal experience into context.
1: And with with that, because you talk about, uh, you know, having your your own abilities that you use in in this, you know, if you're using... You know, any sort of like intuitive abilities or anything. When when does that come into play? Like you putting that to somebody else who is having their like they'd like to have their dream looked at. I mean, is that something that uh, is a major part from the start, or only if you feel like that there is going to be a lot more uh, depth of layer to the dream itself, or or what?
0: That's a great question. Yeah, as I have gotten more and more into this, um, I realized that I use it all the time. And so the way that I do this is I pick up on psychic or intuitive empathetic information, just your information is all around you, right? And as I'm talking to you, I can kind of pick up on that. I use it to help me narrow down the definition for a person. So if there's a, you know, like a really dramatic life event that happened around a particular piece of imagery, I might be able to pick up on the emotional signature that you have tied to that memory. And that can help me further define it in the moment. So it's a it's more of like a, it helps me streamline the
1: process. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And uh, I mean, because there, there has to be a point that you have based on what you said about like the meanings and the symbolism in the dreams, there has to be more than just uh, because it is like, OK, well, maybe snake doesn't mean that for, you know, when we l- read Linda's. But then how do we go further on it? And I think that that's yeah. That kind of has to be, in my mind, the only way to go further on it without some sort of like um, really like psychological deep dive that might include like uh, any sort of hypnotism or something like that. I mean, I just there's so I mean, and that's what's so fascinating about this. So many layers. uh, It doesn't have to be a nightmare either. It's just so many layers to a dream. Yeah.
0: Correct, and I would say for anyone, anyone can learn to interpret their dreams. Just tuning into your own resonance, right? Like you know the right definition when you come across it. So a dream dictionary that can be a great resource. Just read through the ones and see what lights you up. You know, yeah. what do you feel in your gut, sort
1: which, of thing. Which, which is kind of uh, with what we tell anybody if we're working on any sort of spirit work, right? Is is uh, it's all about the act of of, of resonance and uh, and Absolutely. and that you can't let somebody else tell you how you feel about things you have to you might have people like yourself and others help guide help give uh information but ultimately it comes down to the person themselves to be able to say that resonates with me yes yeah that's interesting very i I think it's very interesting and just so you know linda i am going to get to your stuff i'm going to get to that into the next break only because i want to make sure that uh meg has has time to uh To do this, Uh, you know, before we head off to break, uh, how can people get a hold of you?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So I am actually in the middle of a huge life shift. Right now, you can find me at my website, souldreamexperience.com. Um, I'm not currently taking clients, but I will in the new year. If you join my email list, you can, you know, just be notified whenever those open up. I am shifting as uh, sort of my business name and website though. So <laughs> we'll be kind of migrating everything over. You can find me at Instagram as well, souldreamexp, as in experience points. So
1: that's fantastic. That's really exciting. Uh, uh, just before we head off to break, uh, Meg, I don't know if you could see over to your right hand side, it says private chat. Um, if you want to put that into the private chat, I will put it onto a banner and also put it into the comments for people who are interested uh, as well. Uh, so Perfect. why don't why don't we go ahead and do this? Let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Meg Bartlett. We have uh, Linda on, uh, on deck. We're going to read what she wrote. Anyone who wants a dream interpretation, Meg is open to uh, taking a look at them. We have a lot to get through. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. just a reminder to everybody, Midwest Witchery and Healing has one more class this year. It's on Wednesday, December 20th. That's this Wednesday, Witch Jody is teaching Opening Your Psychic Awareness at 630. Don't miss your chance to learn something new. Uh, I've heard so many people when we had Witch Jody on a, a couple weeks back uh, that they were really excited about this course. I've talked to people who've taken it. Uh, you know, if this is something that you've been interested in, uh, Opening Your Psychic Awareness, Uh, Go to MidwestWitcheryHealing.com. That's MidwestWitcheryHealing.com under events and classes. Sign up. And don't forget, Midwest Witchery and Healing has uh, gift cards available if you have somebody that uh, you want to give a gift to and uh, they are very much into this or they want to find out more. uh, Get a gift card over at Midwest Witchery and Healing. Uh, We have with us uh, tonight Meg Bartlett. Uh, We've been talking about dream interpretation we're going to talk about nightmare interpretation as well i think you're seeing it play out uh being on radio at the moment but uh you know it's um meg it's it's such a fascinating conversation uh, can i read what uh what uh linda had put on please yeah please do and once again folks if you have a a dream you want interpreted uh put it in the comments and uh and uh see what meg has to say about it but linda says uh, for a couple of nights in a row, I saw photos of snakes in my dreams. They were three photos. One snake was black and white, and the other two were solid colors of a deep jade and a deep blood red. And then she goes on, I, I'm going to start, I'm going to add one more thing to it, and then I can go back to the other one if you like. But she says, In the uh, last six months, I've been able to read some data from a photo and I was not afraid of the snake photos.
0: That's awesome. So the photos of the snakes were in your dreams. I think it's interesting that you saw the snakes as photos, right? So that's interesting because we're almost seeing information as yet another piece of information instead of just seeing a live snake in the dream. You saw it as a photo. So I would say there's almost, um, you know, that movie Inception <laughs> yeah. where it's like, you know, like the concept within the concept. So this is almost another way for you to explore a deeper concept. So it's showing you that there's layers here, right? Almost layers of an onion sort of thing when we see snakes um yes i as you you know noted in the beginning greg snakes can represent change that is my go to definition and i think i would feel that here um when we're talking about snakes as well they can also just you know represent that we're not only changing, but what is the process of that change? A snake sheds its skin, right? And so, a, sh- a snake as it grows, it outgrows its its original layer, and so we have layers again, right? You were talking about the photos, um, so when we're thinking about the layers shedding, there could be a layer that you're recently, you know, moving away from. And every ending is a new beginning. So as we're talking about the snakes, you know, you have three of them there. One of them is black and white. I can see that as representing more of that yin and yang or the opposites right masculine and feminine so that could say you know something around hey maybe there's almost this balance maybe i'm shifting out of an old way of balance and into a new definition of what balance means for myself when we look at the deep jade and the blood red those are you know almost like green and red colors when we when we think about that green i would immediately go to heart center and heart chakra so green for me really symbolizes maybe there's some um self-love or maybe, you know, a concept of love that you're moving away from. And the red is more root chakra. So that's going to be foundational based. So with this dream as a whole, I would ask you, um, Linda, you know, and this is, you know, you can ask yourself, this is a rhetorical question, but these are food for thought. Um, is there anything where, you know, if there was a foundational way that you approached love in your life or love with yourself, love with family, whatever that is for you, is that currently in the middle of a big shift? Is that currently changing perhaps there are people that you originally loved that are moving out of your life or people that are coming in um in either way you know in either direction there can be you know a sense of moving away from something and then there's this period of recalibration in the middle if the dream is telling you anything i'd say sit within the recalibration and just be aware of what is changing in your life at this time and don't worry about rushing forward right away you know we we all need that period of recalibration before we can start you know like moving forward again so you know this is the perfect time to do that as well as we're sitting in the season of winter here in the midwest right like this is the perfect time for coming into ourselves and really sitting in that period of recalibration let me know if that resonates
1: that's cool thank you for that and uh, we're talking with meg bartlett we're talking about dream interpretation as well as nightmare interpretation uh to find out more of uh what she does and how she can help you go to SoulDreamExperience.com, uh sign up for her mailing list there uh get on her newsletter mailing list um so i want to talk about uh uh, ex-military and maybe even military people and i've you know i obviously one thing that people who come back from active service they have the nightmare, especially if they've seen combat. Uh, and I, I think it's so easy to be like, well, that's from your experience being you know, active in, in, in combat or being uh, in the military or whatever else. But I think that, that has to be too easy of an explanation, right? Because I mean, there, there's probably more to it, even if it was, that you still want to be able to try to put an end to that, right?
0: Yeah, so the nightmares, and for me, it's been a really unique experience, because they started when I was so young, you know, outside of that military experience, and then it kind of, you know, just added on top, it was almost like adding another layer to it. Um, the first thing is, you know, I, I it's so interesting for me to be a part of the military and not just the military but the Marine Corps like that's a really intense branch to be a part of and now to be doing you know this energetic psychic psychological work you know like that's a huge 180 as some people would say it but mm-hmm. anyone who's joining the military is doing it for the purpose of you know they want to better the world in some way yeah. and maybe this is the only avenue that they know how right now um, when it comes to you know dealing with those, those nightmares and you know with PTSD especially so serving. Um, over in afghanistan we took mortar fire almost every night that i was there and so you wake up in the middle of the night you're jarred awake and there's just you know like there's there's just mortar fire everywhere you're taking bombs and the bases you know you have to remain within a shelter some people have to get up and move it's a whole thing um and just the exposure to the noise over and over and over again you know even not seeing combat thankfully i didn't see combat i saw some other things but i didn't have to see combat um but just being exposed to that level of you know i could i could die at any moment you know that really does something to the brain and it does something to the body um before you even you know deploy and for people who have never deployed they can still have a level of ptsd even just from boot camp boot camp is a really intense experience i mean you're on a very regimented program sometimes people are almost shocked out of you know their their what they knew life to be before they enter this space and whenever we talk about ptsd in general it's all relative to the individual there is no comparison right because everything that you experience is only in the context of your reality so what is really difficult for one person might not be that difficult for another but it doesn't you know like the there's no comparison between the two because you know it's it's only in the context of this other person's reality so it really is a subjective experience
1: is there a I mean, I'm sure there is like a debrief, in a sense, when when you're in the military, especially going overseas. Uh, I, I think about my great uncle Chet, who uh, was on Normandy uh, in June of uh, 1940. Intense. Intense. And uh, his, he tells the story of his uh, the, the, his tank mate uh, when they're on the beaches, and he popped his head out to see what was going on, and he fell back into the tank without a head. Um, And the idea of, like, Uncle Chet was probably one of the most gentle people I've ever seen in my life. But he was also somebody who never... I mean, I had to ask him about his military experiences. Uh, He didn't freely give them. He, uh, you know, like I said, a gentle, gentle, gentle soul. But you got to think that that's just the outside appearance. I mean, I can't imagine really anybody being able to... To progress from any of that sort of thing, you know I mean I guess you know I'm trying to figure out how to say this, but I mean it's just like it seems like there needs to be like a more a deeper program to get uh, to get uh, our, our vets and our our military uh, who, have, who who need it like to be able to cease to get the help right away and this seems like such an important piece of it.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad that you're bringing this up. Um it's really interesting I, I kind of want to go back to, you know, you were saying he was such a gentle soul. And yeah. I think being a part of the military actually has made me even more of a gentle soul. And that sounds a little bit backwards, right? But it's given me this insight into empathy for other people. A lot of people, and I did this for the first few years that I was out of the service. Um, I think I've been out for about eight years now. Um, but for the first couple of years, I really put out my hard shell. But that's only because the interior, was so soft and i had so much empathy for the people who had experienced um, not only what i what i had been through but the people on the other side you know like the the people that we were there yeah. to be in conflict yeah. with right like when you when you go overseas you see that we like literally everyone on the planet is just trying to live their best life literally everyone and you know sometimes you are just upon peace just and you're that. trying to figure out how do i help the world and and how do i do this and, it makes you this loving, empathetic person. But sometimes it's so hard, especially in our society, when we've been set up to think about the military as you have to be gung-ho, you have to be this, you know, really, um, you know, like stubborn, shelled person. And if you show us that you have a soft center, then that is wrong. And and that's, you know, really a tragedy in our society today. So we're we're in the middle of unpacking that, right? Like as a collective group. Um, And I would say that all of these, you know, men who really are are you know like softies at heart but you know they have that that shelled exterior they're just protecting themselves from what society has put on them right yeah. and and I did that myself <laughs> so so I would say that first of all um what was the second part of your question there
1: well I think I think just the idea of how to get in uh like how to get uh people help almost in a way maybe before they even realize they need it you know what I mean I mean it just yeah. seems like yeah because I, I would I would suspect that Either I would suspect that it might come out of nowhere, perhaps.
0: Yes. So, so the help at the end is really they—they they do have a program that you take as you're exiting the military, but there's so much stigma around it, and everyone's just like, "Oh no, it'll be fine." And you're so excited to get out, anyways. You're just like, "I'm almost free," you know, <laughs> like like I'm ready yeah. to go. Um, and it's just interesting because you know. They, they have a course or a class that you go to for like one day every week. You know, it's like five five days or something like that. Um, and you walk away, but it's almost like five days checking the box one and done. But then you're you get out into the real world and it really is different. Right. Like yeah. I completely struggled the first year after I got out, I moved halfway across or I moved actually all the way across the country, I had been stationed in Maryland and I moved all the way to Washington state to Seattle. Mm -hmm. And I was using my degree. I got a degree when I was in um, an environmental science and I was trying to be a park ranger and like do all these things. But like the crushing shock of being a civilian again was so extensive and I, I shoved it down. And so it's not even that the military is not doing their due diligence. I just don't think they know how because it's such a systemic, you know, like it's so societal and it's so conceptual and it's so individual to the experience. I was telling myself I didn't need help because I didn't want to have to need it until I was already in, you know, the, the deepest part of the pit. And
1: and that was something I was going to ask too. I mean, by definition of being in the military, especially like through the boot camp and stuff where you're, you are, you need to be tough. You have, yeah. to, you have to show and and I, I can understand uh, even any early onslaught of PTSD or anything said out loud might be con- contrived as a sign of weakness as well, especially if you're so close to getting out or so close to, you know, the action.
0: And especially being female, I, I have oh, yeah. to bring up my gender here. Yeah. You know, I am a woman and I do identify as a woman. And um, one of the things that was really difficult being in the Marine Corps as a female <laughs> was um, almost this extra expectation. I always had to prove myself. I am just as fast. I am just as strong. I am just as capable as my male counterparts. Yeah. I can carry ammo cans like nobody's business, you know, like, yeah. like there's, there's this aspect of having to show up. Um, and and it starts in boot camp and it, it's hard because there's no right way to enter and exit war you know there we're still figuring that out because war shouldn't exist in the first place you know right. <laughs> so it's a right. completely human uh, construct and and this is we're getting into like you know the big concept of it um but but getting out you know it really is each individual's experience and you know there's it's such a big it's such a big uh, issue, right? Helping helping those who have helped their country and and getting out of that space, but also some of it is on the veterans. And I would say, if there is any veteran listening to this. If you have any inkling that, hey, maybe I do need a little help, it's okay. And I would absolutely encourage you to seek that out. It is 100% worth it. You can show up for your own life better. You can show up for your loved ones better, your children better, your mothers and fathers, and everyone in your family can benefit from you saying, hey, you know what? My experience really sucked. Maybe I just want to talk to just one person one time about it. Maybe that's all you need for now, right? i would highly
1: encourage that that's amazing i mean you're absolutely right uh you know and and one thing that you said that really sticks out to me that i do think that if you're not and i've never been in the military uh but the idea of if you go and you're you're in military there's you know war uh skirmishes whatever going on the idea of the face of your enemy uh that that is such a more of a of of a understanding for those who fight because like you said the pe- anyone on the other side we're all you know all everyone's pawns even us the civilians in a sense you know we don't we don't make the decisions to go to war we don't and like you said this is a bigger thing than than, than, oh, yeah. than you know <laughs> normally we're talking about ghosts in the station tonight we're talking about the the construct of war but i mean it's it's important because um it is a matter of of that you got to remember that the, the the people that are are throwing bullets at you and you're throwing bullets at they have a family they're just trying to get through it alive as well i don't think there are some absolutely that that love the the machine of the military or love the machine of fighting in a in a in a skirmish of some kind but that's not i don't think that's 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 just the exception to the rule i would think
0: I would say this is actually a very spiritual topic as well. Even though we're talking about the topic of war, when you talk about, you know, every person every soul is coming to this planet to make this planet better. And yeah. war is the thing that we are trying to break down as souls from a very energetic perspective, right? We are trying to break it down with love and break it down with peace and break it down with, you know, like stepping into new ways of being, how can we better ourselves in our society? And so as we're talking about this, this is actually a, an incredibly spiritual and energetic topic, right? Yeah. Um, because you know, every time where we enter conflict and especially in the dream space, conflict usually shows up. It, as violent imagery it usually shows up as war it usually so shows up as you know any gore that you see in dreams this is nightmares right like nightmares are usually about conflict yeah. you're either in conflict mm-hmm. with yourself or in you're in conflict with other people in your life and so you know just like talking about this we can also think of that you know like we're in the very physical layer but there's also this really big energetic layer as we're speaking about all of this as well
1: absolutely why don't we go ahead and do this we're going to take another break when we come back we're going to continue this conversation it's such an important conversation what a great what a great show tonight don't forget if you have a question for meg whether it's just a question in general or you like a dream interpretation put it in the comments you're listening to ghost box radio on am950 been to midwest witchery and healing lately you should go and check out uh, their new classroom expansion that has just opened they're now offering more classes so you can now learn tarot astrology herbalism uh, witchcraft psychic enhancements and much more there is a lot going on over at midwest witchery and healing it's all good Uh, make sure to follow them on facebook instagram and tiktok to be up to date on their class schedule or go to MidwestWitcheryHealing.com and click on events and classes. And as a reminder, folks, you can get your gift cards there if you uh, want to give uh, someone something very special and awesome. But also uh, remember that you can do online shopping there as well. So MidwestWitcheryHealing.com, it's well worth going uh, taking a look at. Now join me tomorrow on Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken. Uh, We're going to have on Char Savoy, who you may have heard on such radio programs as this one, where we are talking about, uh, well, not talking, we're doing one-question readings tomorrow, where if you have a question about your life, what's coming up maybe in 2024, or if you uh, were wondering if you're going to get a job, like, am I going to get a job? Uh, All that good stuff. Uh, She's going to be here tomorrow to talk about it. As you all know, she is extraordinarily gifted, and it's going to be a great conversation. Wednesday... We have back on Angela Boley. You might remember her. She is a psychic medium that does these amazing paintings, but we're going to be talking with her about her tracking down a past life of hers that she remembers vividly, and she's trying to find out if she can find that person and find out more about it. Uh, Speaking of war, speaking of the military, he goes back to the First World War. It's incredible Incredible journey. I'm not sure if we're going to get through it all in the one hour, but we're going to try or at least start. Uh, that's going to be Wednesday. I have with me right now, though, and I'm really excited. What a conversation um, with with this uh, Meg uh, Bartlett uh, over at SoulDreamExperience.com. We've been talking about uh, dream interpretation. We've been talking about nightmare interpretation. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the military, which I think is so important. Uh if you have a question for Meg or if you'd like to have her uh try to do a dream interpretation uh please put it in the comments uh you know I what about you know Meg what about the fact that you know just some of us some of us who haven't been in the military obviously we get nightmares as well do you find yeah. any sort of uh commonality as to like when people come to you about nightmares, is there like one thing that I'm not saying everyone has the one thing, but maybe one thing that sticks out the most that is like, Oh, well, this is why you're having this, these, these type of nightmares.
0: Yeah, actually I, there is one overarching concept within this work as you know, doing nightmare analysis and helping people understand that about themselves. Nightmares are always you talking to yourself in some way. And so I think, uh, what I like to tell people is that your nightmares are actually one of the most beneficial type of, types of dreams that you can have in your human experience because they show you exactly where your fear lies. They are your fears personified, especially when it comes to sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis, you know, you're almost catching yourself. And we we touched on this a little bit in the mm-hmm. beginning of the show, but you you almost catch yourself in this moment. Um, and it really feels like this dark presence. And, and usually when, when it comes to sleep paralysis, especially, I find that people with sleep paralysis have suppressed something so much that they've created this extra horrifying experience for themselves. And the only way to get through it is to unpack it. Right. And so I want anyone out there, if you ever are waking up from a nightmare, the first thing to do is really just wake up and turn the lights on. Seriously, make yourself okay in the moment and come out of it and then after that you can start to lead within the ideas of okay, this is a nightmare. I'm trying to tell myself something. You know, so much during this lifetime we have those moments where we're like, oh, it's not that bad, you know, I can push it off, it's okay, and it really might be something that's bothering us. Your nightmares are asking you to answer the things that bother you because only you can change your life. You are your own greatest catalyst for change, right? And and so you're the only person who can make the changes that are necessary to live your life without fear. And the entire, you know, like, like we go through so much in our lifetime and we take things on and we pull things off and it's a whole, it's a whole thing, right? Um, but our nightmares are really there to show us exactly what we are fearing in the moment or where conflict exists or dissonance. And you can get a lot from your nightmares. And they're a great way to self-reflect and say, okay, what is really going on in my life right now? What am I not showing myself? And then you can do something about it.
1: What happens when it's reoccurring? You know, because sure, once in a while you get those nightmares like, oh, what's going on there? But when you're getting them either multiple nights or a few times a week, you know, is that like kind of like at a very critical point then?
0: Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, recurring dreams are you trying to tell yourself the exact same message over and over again because you're ignoring it. So if you have those, recor- those recurring nightmares, right? If it's the same theme, even if it's not the same imagery, if it's the same theme, or maybe there's like a similar place that you go. Um, let's talk about houses real quick. I feel like someone yeah. out there, uh, one listener might need me to talk about houses. Um, there's something where a house in the dream space, I really think it represents our, you know, psychological structure. So the main floor of a house in the dream space represents our everyday thoughts you know like i'm i'm going to work i'm coming home it's my family i'm in the living room the kitchen you know these are very you know, like middle life experiences. When we talk about the attic as a part of the house, that's our spiritual or religious thoughts, our thoughts about what else is out Mm. there, you know, like, how do I connect to the universe? And then the basement, which is where most nightmares uh, in houses occur, right? Like, that's our subconscious. And that's the skeletons in the closet, you know, like, that's the dark stuff that we don't really want to look at. Or it's the stuff where we put all the boxes downstairs, and we just look away and pretend they're not there, you know, and so when you're thinking about houses in the, dream space that can just you know right away show you exactly you know where you're experiencing some of that fear or conflict in your life if you're having an argument with someone in the kitchen of a home in your dream space then you know is there someone in your waking life or someone in your family that you're that you're currently in conflict with if it's in the basement it's usually about yourself
1: can i can i uh, uh switch gears a little bit on here because you mm-hmm. made me, you made me think about something um and it's not nightmare per se it was not nightmare at all uh you lose somebody you lose someone close to you uh what's what's do you see anything common in dreams about loved ones and it's a two-part question of loved one's actually coming back in the dream that they're actually truly your loved ones and not your uh, uh personification from your from your your brain
0: Absolutely. There's two different ways that I talk about past loved ones in the dream space, and we call those visitations as well. So visitation dreams are are very common. Um, that's actually one of the dream types that I get asked about the most often because it usually sticks with people. Right? They remember those ones because they're so emotionally impactful, and the emotion is really the key here. Right? If you're really, um, you know, attached to someone, let's start with the psychological definition, and then I'll take you to the spiritual. Whenever I talk to people about these, I I like to say always listen. To what resonates for you. If one of these doesn't resonate, throw it out the window and take what sticks, right? So when we're looking at the psychological definition, I think that we can encounter our past loved ones here because if we, you know, like didn't find closure before this person passed, we still need that closure. Even though this other person has already passed on, we still need, you know, that that validation. We still need to close the loop and, and it remains open until we do so. So some might say that the brain creates the imagery of this individual so that we can interact with them in the dream space so that we can come to that conclusion and move on with our lives. And and that's a part of the healing process. And it's really important to see that Um, when we talk about the spiritual, I really do believe, and I have experienced this many times myself, um, loved ones coming in and sitting with me. Usually it's a very emotional experience. They're there to tell me, hey, I'm okay. You're okay. I understand these things that we couldn't talk about in waking life. Um, it, it's okay. And they're, and they're there for me, right? And it can be incredibly validating. Um, and it can just be really expansive and connecting as well. So visitations, absolutely for sure.
1: Do you find or ever thought um, when people talk to you about visitations that those dreams tend to be more lucid uh, where it's more maybe like like they're realizing that this is not a dream per se, or that they or, or part more of so that they realize that they are in a dream.
0: That's actually um I'm actually 50-50 on that. So uh-huh. and I, I would like to talk about lucidity real quick. A lot yeah. of people think the definition of a lucid dream is that you have to be able to control it in some way. Mm. That's false. The yeah. only definition for a lucid dream is that you have awareness that it's a dream, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. So yeah, so even if you can't move anything around or, or change the scenery, if you're aware of that you're dreaming, that is still considered a lucid dream. Um, but I get about half and half. You know, there's a lot of people who wake up from those and they're like, oh, my God, you know, it feels so realistic, but they weren't aware in the dream if you have a lucid dream you will know it right you're you're aware in the dream uh the first time I lucid dreamed I was in the middle of a gas station in my dream and all of a sudden I was like aware and I was like oh my god this is a dream I did it you know and I was so excited (laughs) and I ran around asking everyone do you know this is a dream (laughs) so
1: that's cool well and and yeah I mean that's I, I find it very interesting because like and I, I know the answer to this. I mean, I guess the thing is, like, I I've, I run into people all the time. You know, when I do my my paranormal stuff, and they're like, I you know, I want to hear from my loved one. I'd love to hear. And I mean, we have it in our power to ask them to come to us in a dream, right? I mean,
0: yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about intention real quick. So what I like to help my clients with is you, and this goes for anyone experiencing nightmares as well, you are the controller of your dream space. So even though you might still have those chronic nightmares, it's because a greater part of yourself is really trying to get you to pay attention to that message. But if you don't have chronic nightmares, or if you find a night where you don't have them, set an intention before you fall asleep. I do like a really quick five minute ritual as I'm already laying in bed. So it literally takes, you know, like hardly anything I lay there. I always clear my energy out. You might, you know, take a visualization. You might just say the words clearing, clearing, clearing. That just helps you let go of the day. Um, sometimes you might do a brain dump. Literally, all of the thoughts in your head, if they're racing, write them all out on a physical piece of paper. There's like actual science behind, you know, the the connection between writing something out and the brain processing, um, and and get those thoughts out, and then you can set the intention, and and you just. Uh, If you're trying to connect with a past loved one, especially really bring in like their energy, but loving energy, always lead with love, because if it's not love, then you might, you know, not come into contact with that, or it just might be difficult. You might be caught up in yourself. Um, So always, you know, think about love, think about the really, like the best experiences you have ever had with that person and ask them to come in. And the last thing with that is that there's a concept called dream lag. And this has been scientifically shown in studies where if you experience a new event, So the brain is trying to process memories um, in the dream space. It can take up to three to four days or nights for you to to start to dream about that. And so don't give up after the first night because dream leg might be in effect. So set the same intention for three to four nights in a row. And within those three to four nights, you might actually come into that visitation type dream.
1: That's that's amazing. And we have about three minutes left. And I want to uh, quickly talk. Uh, about the idea, I was just talking with somebody today about it, uh, the idea of like you trying to penetrate into somebody else's dreams, like a loved one, like a, a living loved one, like a a husband, wife, whatever, that you want to be able to share a moment, but while you're both are sleeping and inhabit each other's dreams, is that something you've run across before?
0: I've heard the concept. I like to steer my clients away from that because consent is always an issue, right? So mm-hmm. if you're with your partner and let's say you both want to meet up in the dream space, have a dedicated conversation beforehand so that you're both on the same page. Uh, whenever we're trying to enter someone's dream space, especially, there, I get this a lot with like questions of exes, right? Like if, I, if I'm if yeah. i curious about what my ex is going through, I I, I would just steer, steer clear of that, right? Um, that can really, you know, just the energy of that doesn't feel good and that can really invite some negative karma in and you don't need to know.
1: You <laughs> don't need to know and uh you know I mean that that's kind of a whole other whole other plateau, right? That's opening oh, a yeah. whole <laughs> can of worms just in general with what whatever else is out there anyway. I've I've heard people try it and I it doesn't seem like something I'm I'd be all that interested in myself to be perfectly honest.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's way more than enough to explore in your own dream space. I'll just let everyone know.
1: <laughs> well, and and to your point too, I would love it if uh, cuz I know there's a number of people on here who uh, have lost loved ones and stuff. And I I would really like to see, uh, reach out to us, reach out to Meg afterwards or yes. reach out to me. Let me know if it works. Uh, send me a note at comment at ghostboxradio.com. I don't mean tomorrow. No, it didn't work. I'm just saying try it if that's what you really want. I know so many people who would love to do that.
0: Yeah, and definitely give it a couple of days, right? That dream lag really is a thing. Um, and, and don't give up after the first one.
1: No, no, not at all. Uh, real fast before we wrap up, Uh, Is it possible that your loved one appears to you, but it's, it's such a deep part of your conscience that you may not remember it at all?
0: Yes. There are a ton of dreams and this goes beyond loved ones, right? But um, any downloads or etheric information or anything like that. Sometimes we come into contact with these ideas and it's too much for us to pull forward into waking life just yet. And so some people will go even several years and then they'll suddenly remember a dream that they had five years ago, right? But they have finally reached a point where they can actually process that information. So yes.
1: How amazing. Uh, Once again, if you uh, want to get a hold of Meg Bartlett, and you should, let's just put it that way, you should, uh, you can go to uh, souldreamexperience.com. You're around here locally. Do you have any shows coming up uh, that you're going to be at?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at doing some of the Body Lab Fairs next year. I'll also be at a Maria Shaw event in February, I think that is. I'm going to be there, too. I'm on the scene, so you can find me at a bunch of the upcoming things there.
1: I'm going to be there as well. I'm planning on it at least. Uh, So, yeah, no, that's going to be fantastic. Definitely go uh, check it out. If you have questions, whatever, I'm sure you'll be happy to answer anything. Uh, Absolutely. What a a great conversation. I really appreciate you uh, coming on tonight, especially kind of last minute. I really do appreciate uh, the talk.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Greg. This was really fun.
1: It was really fun. And I hope that we can have you on again. And what I forgot to tell you earlier is, Thank you so much for your service. I really do appreciate it.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'd love to talk again sometime.
1: That was Meg Bartlett. Thank you so much for being on, Meg. Join us tomorrow. One Question Readings with Char. Everyone have a great evening and we'll see you tomorrow. Take care, everybody.